0: Hi, welcome to the second episode of the Milk and Honey Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host Allie and it is called It is Finished and We Have Victory. So if you'd like to download the PDF that goes with it so you can follow along, go right on ahead. There should be a link somewhere. I know in the YouTube platform there is a link. Um, I'm going to try to put it wherever else i'm posting this also so you can download so let's just pray all right father god i thank you for this day i thank you for your spirit god i thank you for your word i just thank you that you have given me instruction to pray and to teach and to help others get to the promised land we just praise you we thank you for your spirit today god giving us words revelations downloads whatever you would want to speak to us today god we are listening and we just thank you and we praise you and we commit this time to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, all right, yay, okay, we did that. <laughs> all right, so um it's called It Is Finished. We have victory. And so the word finished in Greek, and I took this from the New Testament scripture in John 1928 the word finished, and it is tetelestai, and that's finished in Greek. So it means to bring to a close, to complete, to fulfill. Apparently, we're just jumping in. (laughs) How this study came about is I was coming out of my Egypt, you know, God had freed me from my bondage, my sin, and so I'm like trying to walk in obedience and God's like, it's time to get to your promised land." so let's go. So I've been like trying to be obedient and just do what God wants me to do. I don't know where, here comes, what's his name? Freaking Pharaoh, and he starts chasing me and starts this battle situation. And God basically spoke to me through a period of a couple weeks, few weeks, um, about being in a battle and how Pharaoh comes to chase you when you get out of Egypt and he just gave me so much information about coming out of Egypt and the battle that's going to come on your way to the promised land. So that's how this study comes and it was so amazing the words that God gave me and like it took so long for me to get this word out because it's just so good and God kept speaking to me and giving me word. Yeah, so basically it's really good. And I have so much. So the first um, scripture that God gave me is John 19, 28, 30. And it is where, again, I said I got the it is finished from. So our again, our title is called it is finished and we have victory. So John 19, 28, 30 says, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, oh, this is when also he was on the cross and so he was walked around for three years doing miracles signs wonders you know um discipling people and just being with the people and so now it's he's being hung on the cross and this is his last moments. so again it's john nineteen, twenty eight, thirty, 30 and it says jesus knew that his mission was now finished and to fulfill scripture he said i am thirsty a jar of sour wine was sitting there so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It was finished. So in that moment, he said it was finished. And so in this moment, he's also saying it is finished. So... Um, victory the other half of our title it says and we have victory so victory in um the dictionary obviously we probably all know what it means it means that we win okay so but it actually says an act of defeating an enemy or opponent in a game battle or competition battle okay so we win the battle so i didn't know i was coming up on a battle and um so it was like the day that our battle began. And I'm in the drive through and I'm like seeing palm trees and I'm like, all right, what is this God? What are you trying to tell me? And then I kept seeing the palm trees. And in previous battles, God had told me about palm trees. And I think I spoke about them in like some videos that I did on TikTok, I think. And so um, anyways, God told me before that um, palm trees represent victory. And so today, or that day, I was seeing palm trees and I'm like, what are these? What are you saying? Like, all right. So then I was going to go home later on and um, just study into it, pray into it, see what God was trying to tell me. But I didn't even have a chance to because we left, we were gone all day, we came home and like, I didn't have a chance to pray into it really. So, and then the battle hit. So anyways, Psalm 18, 49 says, "'God gives me victory over my enemies "'and brings people under my rule. "'He saves me from my enemies.'" Okay, so if you're going through a battle, anything, you know, I don't know what it is, what it could be, but if you're going through a battle, just know that you have the victory if you are in covenant with God. And one of the benefits of the covenant is God fights your battles for you. And so this study is about battles and victory, and it's just so awesome. So, okay, one of the first things that I heard in my recent battle was that when God brings you out of Egypt, Pharaoh will still come chasing you. Exodus 14.4 says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all of his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. Exodus 14.9 says, So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, and his army overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hi-Heroth before Bel-Zephanon. So, God said he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart and that he would pursue the Israelites and gain honor over Pharaoh and his army and all of Egypt would know that he is the Lord. This scripture tells me that God had a plan and that he already knew. He was, okay, so like, why would God do that? When I was reading this, I was like, why would God harden Pharaoh's heart to make him chase after the Israelites? After he had just, like, did the 10 plagues and let them go. Like, I didn't understand this. But basically, God wanted to show the Egyptians and his people who he was. That he is God. Also, I believe this shows that God did this so that he could get rid of the enemy forever. Because um, later on, after they are, like leaving Egypt, you know, they go to the Red Sea. And so um, God's people will cross the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his whole army would be drowned. The enemy was annihilated. This was the plan. God wanted to annihilate the enemy. God allowed this plan from the beginning. He knew that this would cause or could cause fear and doubt in the people. The Bible says that he made them also take the long way to the promised land not through philistine territory but through the wilderness and the red sea and so he did that the bible says so that they would not run back to egypt when they saw war approaching like god already knew that the people would want to go back to their slavery to their bondage to captivity and god was like um no you are not i already know you you guys are You just don't listen and we're what kind of people are we we are people who oftentimes don't trust god when we see a battle coming like do we get scared do we we basically we get scared you know and we just want to run to what we know and like keep on going is something that is hard for us to do and it's because it's like you have to step out in faith and you have to know, like, if God gives you a promise, like you know that He's gonna do it. But then when you see like something coming against your promise, you're like, Did God really tell me that? Like, is that really what is true? You know, we're just we're people who we it's hard for us to believe and it's hard for us to stand when like battles come. So in my situation Pharaoh started chasing me and the next day God had told me that it is over. And I was like sitting there doing or standing there doing the dishes and I thought I heard God say it's over. And I was like, okay, did I just hear that? And so basically it didn't look over yet, but God was telling me that it was over. So anyways, days go on and God was telling me to fight in the spirit. We have choices we can sit there we could cry we could talk about what's going on what we see with our natural eyes or we can close our mouth to what we see and just seek god's word on the situation ask him god what are you saying what's going on god speak to me tell me what to pray so what we see in the natural is not what we should be looking at we need to fight in the spirit this is using scripture the bible says that the word is a sword and the word is our weapon. This was also confirmed to me that night when we had our first initial battle situation. And so I have God's words written on, like you'll see here, here, you know, like um, all on the walls in my house. And I have like wooden frames, you know, like just scriptures, God's words written on basically all the walls in my house. And God told me to do that when, um, Covid started god was like put my words on your walls and so i did that and i i just always do that you know i decorate my walls with god's word because god's word is everything why i don't want anything else on my walls i'd rather have god's word on my walls and it's like god told me that um the word on my walls was a weapon and so that's cool (laughs) you know so anyways First John also says that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. In the Bible also, the word, Word is capitalized. And then so verse 14 says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word is Jesus. Jesus is our weapon so that when we pray, when we're in a battle, we are using the Word. And when we use the word of God, we're using Jesus, and nothing can stand up to Jesus. Philippians 2, 10, 11 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that means we fight with the word. The word is our weapon. You find scripture. You pray God's word in the situation. At the beginning of the battle, one thing I heard God say to me, and this was like really cool because um, God, you can hear God speak, you know. And so one thing I heard him say was. But do not be like Israel, do not go back to Egypt. The Red Sea will fall on your enemies as in the days of old. Just because you don't see an end to your battle yet does not mean it's not coming. The devil is a liar, keep walking, keep pressing, keep moving forward toward your promised land that God has already said is yours. The devil is a liar and just keep going forward and don't go back to Israel. Like, it's crazy how God speaks because He knows how we are. He knows, like, okay, so what I would used to do in my past when, like, things got too hard or it's a battle, you know, I used to smoke a lot of weed. And, like, that's one of the things God delivered me from. And, like, if I tell you I smoked a lot of weed, it was like blunts after blunts after blunt. just like dab, you know, I don't know, just so much. And, not to give the enemy glory but to give god glory like he delivered me from that i do not even care about no dumb weed i just don't like how old am i 38 i used when did i start smoking weed? like 15 basically i've been smoking weed for like a quite a long time you know and god delivered me from that when he brought me out of egypt and i really wanted it you know like i knew it was holding me back i've been a christian for so long i wanted to follow jesus god gave me instructions god told me to do things you know and before um when he told me to stop smoking weed like he had said it before he was like you are in disobedience like smoking weed is being in disobedience and he showed me the scripture in deuteronomy about um disobedience the curses for disobedience and the blessings for obedience and basically it was like you're gonna be destroyed like Destruction will come upon you and your family if you don't stop smoking weed. So I was scared. I quit smoking weed I was like never again, Jesus, but being a person I went back to Smoking weed and this time God was like, but do not be like Israel do not go back to Egypt. So I didn't want to I didn't you know, like I could care less But last time I didn't get delivered like I just gave up i was listening to god i did i think i did it in my not the on my own strength but holy spirit strength also because i didn't smoke weed for like six months but this time i got de- delivered and i had the demons that were compelling me to smoke weed out like if you want to be free from stuff get your demons out like people think that's like crazy that it's just not real but it is so real and god is so good it's the best feeling to be free like You just feel so light, like your whole chest. Like demons live inside you. I'm not sure where they live. It's not in your spirit. It must be in your soul and in your body. Like wherever they live, you can know that they're there. Like, even if you're sick, like sickness is a demon. Obsessive compulsive disorder, that's a demon. Schizophrenia, that's a demon. In the Bible, it says there's a story of this man who used to like cut himself, I think. And like, he was just crazy. And I think he walked around naked and that was a spirit. A demonic spirit and Jesus cast it out of him and he was normal he was normal after that so come on people get your demons out like if you want to be free okay so anyways I don't know where that came from <laughs> but God is cool God is cool so anyways um, another thing that God, God told me was he he is the same tomorrow yesterday and today forever and Hebrews 13 8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever And so God gave me that verse. Like, I didn't know the reference, but I had heard God say it to me. Another thing I heard him say was, do not be discouraged, for I am with you. And it's so cool when God speaks to you because it's like he's leading you and he's close to you. So um, when he told me that, do not be discouraged, for I am with you, he reminded me of the story of Jehoshaphat. So there's three stories that God gave me during my battle. The first one is Jehoshaphat and his battle. The second one was when Egypt, you know, um, they're coming out of Egypt and then the Red Sea falls on the enemies. And then the third one is when Elisha and his servant were surrounded by some army and um, God just got them straight out of that battle. Like they didn't even have to fight. They didn't have to do nothing. Like, God blinded the people, the other army, and it was just, like, they couldn't see anymore. And it's crazy. We'll get into that one in a little bit. So, anyways, God gave me this story about Jehoshaphat. And um, so, basically, what this story is, Jehoshaphat um, was being pursued by three armies. So, it's in Second Chronicles, and it says... It's a prophet speaking to jehoshaphat and it says listen king jehoshaphat and all who live in judah and jerusalem this is what the lord says to you do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army for the battle is not yours but god's tomorrow march down against them they will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of jeruel you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you." <laughs> so when I was reading this, I was like, ah, it's crazy because it, God told me, do not be discouraged for I am with you. So after I read that, I was like, Jesus, it's so cool. I, again, I did 10 three-minute videos on TikTok about when God initially gave me that word. So go watch those. And all right. So verse 18 says, Jehoshaphat bowed down to, with his face to the ground, and all of the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice in my battle god gave me three part strategy to get through the battle and first one is stand the second one is praise and the third one is to put the blood on it so again second chronicles 2017 says you will not need to fight this battle position yourselves stand still and see the salvation of the lord who is with you do not fear or be dismayed go out against them for the Lord is with you that's another version because the one I just said earlier was different but same thing then okay so later God started speaking to me about the Red Sea it was in the beginning of my battle that God said the Red Sea will fall on your enemies that was the first thing that I heard but do not be like Israel don't go back to Egypt. The Red Sea will fall on your enemies as in the days of old. Isn't that crazy? Like how God speaks, like as in the days of old. I was like, did I hear that? (laughs) But I heard it. And so then God kept speaking. Exodus 14, like I was reading um, through Exodus and then I got to Exodus 14 and I just couldn't get out of it god had me there for days like three days four days i don't know so then finally i was like what are you saying so and i decided to do a word study on it it's like i have a study bible it's like a word study so it has like all the bible new testament and old testament but it also has what certain words mean in hebrew you can also use bible hub and you can click on it where it will give you the hebrew or the greek translation whatever um you're reading for the scripture that you're reading so that's cool because then you get to see the actual real meaning of what it means because there's so many translations you know and things get lost in translation so if you go back to the original how it was written you will get really what the Bible means so I did that and it was crazy I did it for Exodus 14 it was crazy like you'll see I'll get into it later at the end so anyways Exodus 14 13 says But God told the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the Lord's salvation. He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, you only need to be still. So I also heard, one of the things I also heard was the enemy you see today, you won't see again. And I heard that at the end. (laughs) (laughs) when like it was ending and that's how I knew the battle was over physically in the natural that it was over because God had already said it was over and did you know that everything happens in the spirit before it happens in the natural what's bound in heaven is bound on earth what's loosed in heaven is loosed on earth so it happens in the spirit and then it happens in the natural and that's when you see it so that's why we fight in the spirit because we fight the thing that we cannot see I'm not sure when my battle was over in the spirit but it's over Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So anyways, the first strategy God was telling me is to stand. Just stand and be still and he will fight our battle for us. So on the PDF document, you will see the first question is, why would God fight for us? And this was one of the questions I was asking myself, like, who am I? Like, why? Why would you want to fight for me? God, God fights for us because we are in covenant with him. That's one of our benefits and because we are his people and because that's what he does he loves us and he is the same yesterday today and forever as he did then he will do now and again and again forever because that's just who he is god is not a man that he should lie and he does not change so the second question is have you seen god fight for you in the past what has he done for you Did he get you out of Egypt? Remember those things and write them down. They are memorials. What makes you think God won't come through now? That's just basically something you're gonna do on your own. I don't have an answer for that. But um, remember what he did for you, and he will do it again. There's a story one time that God fought a battle for me. My six-year-old daughter was in a car accident. Well, two of my daughters were in a car accident. And one of them, she was unconscious and she was put in a coma. And when I got to the hospital, like her head was all swollen and she was on a ventilator. I just went in and I put my hands on her and I just started rebuking the spirit of death. And I just prayed, I prayed God's word. Like (laughs) there was like all these nurses, doctors, people everywhere, you know, like doing their thing. And I knew in that moment that The battle I was facing, I could not do anything about. God was going to be the one to keep my daughter alive. God was going to be the one to heal her. And if you ever have been in that situation, it's like it could be the scariest situation ever that you go through in your life. But if you have God, if you know what his word says, if you know his promises, then you know that you know that God will come through every time he will come through and what you see in the natural is not what it is like that's just a lie so you have to know the bible and you have to know that it's true and you can use scripture to fight your battle and um so yeah that was something i remember um a memorial and after we got out of my daughter she was fine like i think she stayed in the hospital four days five days i don't know how many days but during the hospital stay it was a battle you kept seeing things arise and like you're just like no here's the scripture for this no you know i don't know blood pressure whatever just things in the natural that you see with your eyes you have to know it's a lie so if it doesn't line up with god's word it's a lie and breath okay so god is a breath in our lungs my daughter was on a ventilator One of the scriptures that I used was, God is the breath in her lungs. And (laughs) why do I wanna cry right now? Because God is just so good. Like, I'm just, God is good. So the second thing that God told me to do in the um, battle was to praise. So in the Jehoshaphat battle, they put the praisers in the front of the battle lines. Second Chronicles 20, 21 says, Then he consulted the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. When they went out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing, give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Psalm 22 three says, but you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. This means praise shifts our atmosphere because God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise God in the situation, we praise before it says they put the praises in the front. So they're going out to the battle lines and they put the praises in the front. They had people singing praises in the front. They're like not army warriors, they're praisers. So like God put them in the front and why? Because you need to praise in your battle. So um, that verse, Psalm 22, three, you are enthroned. Enthroned means to sit. To remain dwell so that tells us that god dwells with us god is with us when we praise verse 22 says as they began to sing praise the lord set ambushes against the men of ammon and moab and mount seir who were invading judah they were defeated The Ammonites, Moabites, rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So if you look at that, that is crazy. The word says that God set ambushes. And the three armies that were fighting against them, one, they fought each other, and then whoever was remaining fought the other one and killed them. So verse 24, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert, and looked toward the vast army. They saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder and found among them a great amount of equipment, clothing, and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder, so much goods, that it took three days to collect it. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Berakah, where they praised the Lord. This is why that is called the Valley of Barakah to this day. Then, led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets, like musical instruments, to praise. So verse 29 The fear of the Lord came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. After your battles, God is going to give you rest. And you praise him the beginning of the battle, before. You praise him during the battle. You praise him after the battle. And he's going to give you rest on every side so in the story the jehoshaphat battle god set ambushes against the other armies and they were all killed it doesn't say who ambushed but i believe it was god's army the host of heaven angels so i heard um a really cool story (laughs) okay so you know how russia and ukraine are doing this war thing you know so um i heard my sister she does a prayer call every morning with um There's a man in it and his wife, and I guess the husband is a soldier in the Ukraine army. So um, she was telling me this cool story. So um, I guess um, one day the soldiers were in a trench and missiles kept coming at the soldiers, but the missiles were just falling to the ground. And like there was an invisible wall or something stopping the missiles from going further so then the next day there were reports from soldiers saying that they had seen angels standing in a line where the missiles were landing <laughs> isn't it so cool it's like god is just so cool and so it like can give you a real life version you know of this store god puts his angels that's another thing god told me later on is that we have angels i mean i know that but he spoke it to me it's, He reminded me that we have angels. And um, that's where the second or the next story comes in, Elisha and the story about the angels. So um, can you imagine this was a real battle with the Ukraine, Russians. I thought that was so cool. And um, like I said, that guy, he's on a prayer call with my sister. And um, so he's a Christian, you know, and like they pray. There's just so many people around the world even praying for that war, you know, and God, fights our battles so like that was just so cool to me anyways so praise makes the devil go running away because when God's spirit comes the enemy cannot stay in the presence that's psalm 22 3 and everything and everyone will bow to king jesus every knee will bow um that's philippians two, ten, and the word bow means to agree to demands show weakness follow the order of someone or something Our enemy must bow to Jesus and so okay question number one for this strategy praise is what happens when we praise God in the battle what happened when the people praised in the Jehoshaphat battle so God fights for us he comes and he fights for us he sends his angels to fight for us God sent his angels to fight for them he set an ambush so question number two is when should we praise God in the battle? And why do we praise? We praise him before, we praise him during, and we praise him after. We praise because he is good. Um in that story, the Jehoshaphat battle at the end, you heard like God gave them a reason to rejoice. Like your battle is over. Rejoice, give the most praise. God thank you. You are so good. You fought, you won, like I am safe, you know, like it's crazy like you're just so grateful to god when he fights your battles because basically you don't have to do anything but stand he says to praise to use the word and the last thing later is that he says put the blood on it deuteronomy 10 21 says he is your praise and glory he is your god who has done for you these great and awesome things which you have seen with your own eyes so he is with us before in our praises during in our praises and we will see the thing be done and we praise him after the battle for he is good and his love endures forever so again like i was saying about the angels that god reminded me that we have angels ephesians 6 12 says for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil doers <laughs> evil ruler evil <laughs> rulers <laughs> and authorities of un The unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against spirits of wickedness in the high places so whatever is coming against you whatever is attacking you fight it in the spirit because it is a spiritual battle we have to fight what we see with our eyes with our spiritual weapons fight what we cannot see fight in the spirit with our weapons again the word is our sword and Jesus is the word it is our weapon like i said earlier in my situation god told me that the word was my weapon in my situation the word is jesus so instead of looking at this from a natural perspective use your spiritual eyes use your spiritual weapons second corinthians 10 4 says the weapons of our warfare are not according to the flesh but of the power of god and by it we subdue rebellious fortresses another version says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds when god told me that we have angels he reminded me of the story of elijah so this is the next story So it's second Kings and it starts in verse eight. So now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such place. Verse nine, the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because of the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elijah the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. So what's happening there is, I guess the king is looking for Elisha and his people. And so when they go like they're not there so and they're like the king's like who's telling who's like betraying me basically and the guy was like no it's elijah because elijah is a prophet so god was telling elijah when the king was gonna come and try to attack them so they would get out of there so that's what was going on so then um Verse 13, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Second Kings 6, 6:16 says i guess so we're skipping way down it says don't be afraid the prophet answered those who are with us are more than those who are with them verse 17 and elisha prayed open his eyes lord so that he may see then the lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around elisha as the enemy came down toward them elisha prayed to the lord strike this army with blindness so he struck them with blindness as elisha had asked and isn't that so cool because he's just said make them blind so they can't see us so that tells me that we can pray and ask god to hide us from our enemy so that is one of my prayers all day like in the morning when i pray i'm like so that they can't see us so that they can't see us you know because the enemy be out and about trying to get us and mm-mm, you can't get me <laughs> so anyways okay um verse 19 elisha told them this is he's talking to the, the army and it says this is not the road and this is not the city follow me and i will lead you to the man you are looking for and he led them to samaria after they entered the city elisha said lord open the eyes of these men so they could see then the lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside samaria When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elijah, shall I kill them, my father, shall I kill them? And he said, do not kill them. Would you kill those who you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the bands of Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. This story tells us that God will easily get your enemies out of your way and they will stop attacking you. So from a spiritual perspective, with our spiritual weapons, we fight. It's war. God told me to shoot the devil down with my prayers, shoot him down with my praise, and to pray and praise my way to victory, which is what I did, okay, okay, that's what I did okay <laughs> so anyways also we can use scripture to bind the devil Bind, bind i bind attacks i bind demons bind things okay so bind the attack it's matthew 18 18 and it's jesus saying assuredly i say to you whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven so bind the enemy and loose peace loose victory loose Jesus spirit you know um, bind up the attack and the word bind means tie fasten impel drive force or urge someone to do something compel declare to be prohibited and unlawful so you're binding it like just think of like a bind on someone's feet like you're tying up the devil okay basically pretty much in the spirit and you're taking authority. Also, Luke ten nineteen says it's Jesus speaking, and he says, I have given you all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome every part of the enemy, that nothing shall by any means harm you. So that like I use those two scriptures together. Find up the enemy and take authority over him because tch, he's a punk. A little punk. A little baby punk, okay? So, anyways, the third <laughs> strategy is I guess feel better in this one because like my first one I was like so nervous you know and like I don't make videos I don't I mean like I just I use snapchat (laughs) but I don't like make videos you know and I'm not telling people how to fight battles or anything you know it's not what I do but God wants me to do this so here we go anyway so the third strategy is um, to put the blood of Jesus on it I heard God say the blood the blood the blood exodus 127 and and 13 says they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs the blood on the houses where you were staying will distinguish them when i see the blood i will pass over you no plague will fall on you to destroy you when i strike the land of egypt so we pretty much skipped this getting out of egypt my whole thing when god told me to do this was like get out of egypt get out of the wilderness and get to the promised land and i came out of egypt and i'm like he told me to do this little study thing you know and um so i'm thinking all right we're gonna go through like exodus whatever you know all the way all the books up to um getting to the promised land you know and then you saw the first episode it was like basically just build a foundation and then here comes the second episode. It's like fight a battle, you know? And so we kind of missed how God got the people out of Egypt. He sent plagues. So the 10th plague was he was going to have the firstborn killed. Uh, and he told his people to put blood on the doorposts. So that's this Exodus twelve seven. And then he was going to send an angel, a destroyer angel, to go through the land. And if you had blood on your door, you your house would be protected. That is... One of the verses god gave me and romans 5 9 much more than having now been justified by his blood we shall be saved from the wrath through him and that's talking about jesus blood the blood of the lamb jesus is so in the exodus story he said god told the people to put blood of a lamb on the door first john 1 and it says the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus is the eternal lamb. Jesus is the forever lamb. If you're facing a situation, if you're facing a battle, cover your family in the blood. Cover your house, cover your situation with the blood of the eternal lamb. How much more will that blood protect and cover you from any destruction or plan sent from the enemy to annihilate or take you out? If you don't think that the enemy is trying to annihilate you or take you out you are wrong because john 10 10 says the enemy the devil comes to steal kill and destroy those are his only three things that he does like he does nothing else and another thing says he goes about like a like a roaring lion looking for somebody basically to pounce on and he wants to kill you steal your joy still your happiness still your life i don't know just he wants to still kill or destroy you so know that so question number one is what does the blood represent in egypt when the hebrews put it on the door why did it protect them from being destroyed the blood of the lamb represents jesus in the new testament jesus was god in the flesh and it was a foreshadow of jesus they took an unblemished lamb and used its blood and jesus in the new testament was unblemished because he never sinned he never did anything wrong so unblemished is just clean so jesus is the eternal lamb his blood covers us protects us destroys anything it touches because he overcame death hell and the grave by raising up from the dead after his blood was shed on the cross every power of the enemy was overcame by Jesus every battle every situation you're facing has been overcame by Jesus okay there's another scripture I don't know what it is but it says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony so we have that power we have the power again I said Luke 10 19 that Jesus says I've given you all authority to trample on every snake every scorpion and overcome every power of the enemy that nothing shall by any means harm you okay nothing Nothing, every power of the enemy. All right, we have that power, Jesus says. And one of the things God keeps highlighting to me is the word annihilate. Those people in that other store was gonna get annihilated. God annihilated them. And then when I was talking just a little bit ago, God said that, how much more does the blood of Jesus protect us and cover us from any destruction? and any plan sent by the enemy to annihilate us. Annihilate, that's a word that God's giving me. So the second question is, what do we do with the blood now? How does it help us in our situation and why is it so powerful? Because Jesus is the eternal lamb. Jesus is the blood, we put the blood on it. Again, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So we overcome, so put the blood on your situation. All right, all right, all right, it's so good. God will always fight your battles, and what he's done in the past, he will do again, and Pharaoh will come chasing after you. Once you get out of your sin, once you get out of your bondage, like, the devil wants to get you back. He wants to, and he will try to, and so the thing that God said to me in the beginning was, don't be like Israel. Don't go back to Egypt. Israel didn't go back at that time, but... you like read the bible and stuff you'll see that they went back and forth between worshiping god and worshiping all those fake gods and they are fake gods they are just demons and why would you want to worship something that's not god like god made they were angels you know before whatever and like half angels whatever why would you want to worship something that's created when you could worship the creator okay Pharaoh, our enemy, of course, does not want us to get out of Egypt into our promised land and will do whatever he can to get us back. He fought so hard to keep Israel in bondage and slavery in Egypt. God had to send 10 plagues. So finally, God said, it's time. Get out of Egypt and get to your promised land. God will make a way through whatever you're going through. Just keep praising, keep speaking the word and put the blood on it. The blood covers all things. So going back to the Exodus and God leading his people through the Red Sea, he had me stuck in Exodus 14 and so I decided to word study it and so the first word that God gave me it was don't be like Israel don't go back to Egypt Israel did not go back at that time they didn't want to even leave Egypt if you read the Old Testament you will see how God's people went back and forth between worshiping God and worshiping okay sin is rebellion to God so we're getting out of egypt we're getting out of our sin we're getting out of our rebellion to god so also one of the things god was telling me when i did the word study on exodus 14 it was god led them out of egypt and he led them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night so basically it's like if you just a pillar you know it's like a column a tall column can you just imagine like a big cloud you know and um it just goes before you. And then a big fire just going before you. You know, he led them. So he was before them. So I word studied the word cloud in this verse, which is the Hebrew word anon. And in ancient times, clouds were seen as shrouds of the divine presence of God. A shroud is like a cover, something that conceals or hides something from view. So what it's saying is that in the cloud was God, in the fire was God. This was really cool to me when I word studied it, like that was where God was. And also in the old days, in those times, there was an Ark of the Covenant which also held God's presence. I don't know if they had it at this time. I don't think they did. Another thing that God's highlighted to me in these stories is that all these situations happened at night. He led them out of Egypt at night. The army against Elisha came at night. So I studied the word Um, night which is the Hebrew word which means night but it also means adversity so what is adversity? Something that comes against you what is something coming against you? A battle okay so battles happen at night I just thought that was cool also so Pharaoh is chasing the Israelites and he's getting closer and closer and they're on horses and chariots like in the Elijah story so um Pharaohs approaching the Israelites and they're like, why are we here? Did you bring us here to die because there were no graves in Egypt? And they said, didn't we say we'd rather be slaves to the Egyptians? It would have been better off if we died. That's Exodus 14, 12. So they actually wanted to stay in their misery. They were comfortable in their misery and being slaves. God did not want them in that. They were God's people. He created them to be a people for himself this is how he sees us also we are his and we are to be different he did the plagues also he said um, that he will make a distinction between my people and the Egyptians and send the plagues and none of the people who were gods were touched by any of those plagues it's very we'll probably study that in another video about the plagues because um, it was pretty cool you know so anyways there should be a distinction a difference between god's people and everyone else being god's people we are in covenant with him we are different second peter 2 9 says that we are a holy people a royal priesthood um i can't remember the whole verse but we are holy people so okay now the egyptians are right on the tails of the hebrews and everyone's scared and moses tells the people again to stand just like in the jehoshaphat story stand and see the deliverance the lord will bring you today the egyptians you see today you will never see again i said it earlier but god spoke this verse to me in my battle i heard him say the enemy you see today you won't see again when god spoke this verse to me in my situation as i was going through the word study i was like wow that's so crazy okay God, I hear you, you know, like you won't see them again because he spoke, you won't see that enemy again. And then later on, I'm word studying and I see the the same scripture, you know? The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Never again, okay? In the beginning, God said that my battle was over, but still things kept popping up to make it look like the battle wasn't over. And so I used scripture I stood and I praised and I prayed you know I prayed God's word I did what God said to do and by the end of it I was just so in awe of how God fights our battles the Lord will fight for you you only need to be still and after doing the word study on Exodus 14 it was like crazy because God is crazy so anyways back to it the Egyptians were approaching the Israelites so God put the angels that he had kept in the front of so they're walking out you know like they're running away and they're like in um you would think there's like i don't know a crazy amount of them millions i don't really remember like the number of people but so then you figure it's like a big crowd a big line you know and so the angel was in the front and the cloud was in the front during the day and at night the cloud was fire and now god put the angel that he had in the front he put it to the back and so the whole time the angel was in the front so in between them was an angel A cloud and fire the cloud was in the back by the Egyptians and the fire was by the Hebrews and there was an angel also in between and so it says that um, no one came near each other all that night so this shows us that God will separate us from our enemy so that the enemy can't see us or even get near us so then they get to the sea and Moses stretches out his hand over the sea And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. Again, here is the word night. This all happened in the night. God is coming in our adversity. So God came with a strong east wind all that night to push back the sea. God is saying that he will split the sea in our adversity. What we're going through, God will make a way through it so this is another cool thing to me (laughs) when i did the word study so the word wind in this verse in hebrew is the word ruach which means breath or to blow it can be translated that god breathed sensibly or even a violent exhale by his spirit this breath made a wind that held back the waters on both sides and the israel's walked through on dry ground isn't it amazing like it's just so amazing to me God breathed the sea splits it's like God makes a way through okay and so um, it's just crazy to me that God breathing okay and so um, just by breathing God can change our whole life defeat our whole enemy with the breath and so okay have you ever heard like the winds of change are blowing um, I had this revelation (laughs) also so like i always like sometimes you hear that like the winds of change you know like and it's god blowing okay god is blowing you into a new season god is blowing you your change you know whatever you're going through it's not going to be the same tomorrow okay and so i just thought that was cool anyways so verse 23 the Egyptians pursued them and went after them, and it must have taken all night because verse 24 says, And it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and troubled the army, the hosts of Egyptians. The word troubled is um, in Hebrew, the word hamam, which means to put into commotion, to disturb, drive, destroy, break, consume, crush. Also, it can mean to make a noise, to move noisily, to confuse. This refers to the wheels and wagons. A noise commotion caused confusion. So verse 25, and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. So if you can imagine, Red Sea, you're in it they're on dry ground right and like um, the Israelites had got through the Red Sea and then here comes Pharaoh trying to come through with all his people and his chariots and so um, God says he troubled and the word troubled meant to cause a commotion so it was a loud noise like and their wheels are falling off and like they probably got scared like what is going on like he confused them and it says he caused them to be confused so we get out of this God will confuse our enemies and he will fight for us and then they said um, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them so they were already thinking let's get out of here (laughs) God's fighting for them but that was enough for God he had to do what he had planned he said in the beginning he would harden Pharaoh's heart so that he would get the glory you know he would get honor you know and so here comes Where he's going to get the glory verse 26 then the lord said to moses stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the egyptians on their chariots and on their horsemen verse 27 and moses stretched out his hand over the sea and when the morning appeared the sea returned to its full depth while the egyptians were fleeing into it again when the morning appeared the sea returned to its full depth so the sea was a sea again while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. When the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all of the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. Okay, what does that mean? Did you understand what that said? It said God drowned them. So this means for us God will completely annihilate your enemies, drown them so that not even one remains. Like I said before, annihilate was one of the words God was highlighting to me. He wants to annihilate our enemies, okay? So if you think you're not gonna win this battle, I don't know what it is you're going through. God knows. God's splitting your seat and he's gonna drown your enemy, okay? God saved Israel that day. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the shore. The Lord did not lie. He said that the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. He's saying that to us. And like, I literally heard that. And like, I literally went through it. And don't be scared. Don't cry. Don't be afraid. Like, it's going to be okay. Like God said, you have victory and it is finished. So Exodus twelve forty two says that God watched over the Israelites all night as they left Egypt. God later became hidden in the clouds and fire while traveling in the night through the desert being chased. And then God came through in the morning and drowned their enemy. In the Elisha battle, 2 Kings 14, it says that they came at night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went early the next morning, saw they were surrounded elijah said do not be afraid those who are with us are more than those who are with them the angels were already there that morning the angels were ready to fight the battle that morning your morning is coming okay you go to sleep next day it's morning okay so and what do you do when you go to sleep you rest right so just rest because morning is coming psalm 35 says weeping may be for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't know what you're going through, but the night doesn't last. Morning always comes. And while it is night, God is with you and your enemies will be drowned and annihilated in the morning. Have faith in God, stand, pray, and let God fight your battle and have peace. I pray this word blesses you and that the Lord does what he did for me in my battle and what he did in these other cool stories. Um, We have the victory and it is finished. So let me just pray for you. God, I thank you for this word. God, I thank you for your spirit. You are so good to us to speak to us in our battle. We are not worthy, God, but you have called us and you say that we're worthy. You say that we are your people. You say, God, that you love us and you will fight our battles. I thank you for giving me this word, that I can share this word with these people, God. Whoever hears it, you know, God, I do not know who you want to hear it like who would really want to hear from me but it's not hearing from me God it's hearing from you so I just thank you for this word God and I thank you that your word says you have fought our battles and that it is finished and that we have victory God I praise you I bless your name and I just thank you so much and I just thank you for an expeditious end to the battles that these people are facing and I thank you for the victory in my own battle God you are so good I praise you and I thank you In Jesus' name, amen. So, again, I hope this blesses you, and thank you.